Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is going to be a verse-by-verse edition. Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Hopefully, you still remember us. My name is Jeremiah Johnson, alongside Dr. R.B. Maynard. Dr. R.B. Maynard, how are you doing? I'm just wonderful. Uh, Hopefully, you will excuse us. Our lives have been, well, frankly, horrible lately. We've had Mm -hmm. COVID, kind of a little bit of COVID sweep through our church. People... Maybe not necessarily COVID not feeling well. We just, and uh, yeah, it's not been fun. No, nope. <laughs> I didn't feel good. So, and yeah. We missed, uh, I think we maybe missed two weeks. Of course, it was Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Thanksgiving. Week, so. We apologize. We are here and we're ready to go verse by verse. Dr. R.B. Maynard. And uh, you know what? But God's still good in the midst of all of it. And I, I was uh, Thanksgiving week. We had a Larry Lynn, a guy in our church, mm-hmm. pass away. We have Kelly Stevens, those of you that know him, be praying for him. He's not doing real great right now. And then my dad got COVID (laughs) and my grandma fell and fractured her pelvic bone and vertebrae or something. So uh, I was like flushing out my week to someone. I'm like, wait, I've, I've had a really bad week. Hold on a second here. So anyway. Yeah. All the, I don't know how many people, but you know, people that I know, some from the church, some not from the church. And there's just been a bunch of people. Lately yeah. with with the COVID and all extremes, you know, from from uh, I barely knew I had it to near death mm-hmm. or death in some cases. Yeah. So. Well, in verse by verse, we get into the word. So uh, we have been in first Kings. So hopefully you're still there as well. Let's dive into it. Right. Well, and I don't know where we uh, wound up, actually, because I think the last time I did. Oh, yeah, you did, did Sunday, school. Sunday school, Sunday school with Dr. R.B. But I think I did the Grace Sunday Point school. Daily YouTube channel. You can yeah. check that one out. I think I did Sunday school of what we normally would have been doing with podcasts. So if you missed the Sunday school part, you'll have to go back and watch that because I think we're ahead now. So anyway, wherever we are. Either we'll just, way, we're in the Bible. We're in yeah. the Bible. We're <laughs> going to pick it up. We, we promise we won't veer too far from there. So uh, 20, 24, and 25 in First Kings. This is, uh, we're kind of, it's a little hard sometimes because you have to pick up where we were, but it's talking about um, Ahab and, and Ben-Hadad and the battles that they're, uh, going through and what God's doing in these things, what what God's uh, speaking through the prophet, how God is actually using Ahab, even though Ahab is not really known as a as a godly man. And so this is uh, this is some of the command from the prophet. It says, "Do this: remove all the kings from their commands and replace them with other officers. You must also raise an army like the one you lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot." So we can fight Israel on the plains. Then surely we will be stronger than they. He agreed with them and acted accordingly. So uh, they're replacing the kings, and, and part of it's not about uh, replacing kings because they're not good men, but it's replacing kings. In other words, we talked about thirty-two kings at one point, and talking about replacing kings with officers. You're looking at. Uh, it would be, I don't care who the president, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whoever it is, I don't want Donald Trump on the front lines in a battle with Iran. I want Donald Trump to stay in his office, mm-hmm. manage. The, I don't want Joe Biden on the front lines fighting Iran. Now, some people might argue those things because they might wish they were on the front line so they wouldn't survive. <laughs> uh, that could be part of it, too. But. But anyway, that's a David technique. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it worked there. You're but, right. But anyway, so you, you've got, uh, and kings have really nothing to gain. Uh, they're not going to, if they go on the battlefield, 
they're not going to gain a greater following or whatever because they're on the battlefield. An officer wants to do well for promotion. You know, he's a sergeant. He gets to be a whatever, a major or or those kind of things. So there's more uh, for officers. There's more of an incentive, I guess, Mm -hmm. to fight. And so that's what they're what they're doing here. Even if it's just 32, if you replace those with officers, you're not going to lose all your kings, and you're going to have and a better army of at least 30 some 32 kings or whatever. So, um, and then you know we you know our society we live in, we'd be some people would be glad to put either king or Congress or. Somebody like that again. The David moment. We like to put them on yep. the front line so that they would be gone. But I don't want a seventy-year-old man. That's all I got. But yeah. I don't want a seventy-year-old man on the battlefield. I would, hey, I'd to all have a to young all the guy. to all the politicians today. See what shall I say? Dastardly techniques you could learn if you read the Bible. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you might learn how to avoid yeah. your death because or, or somebody might be the good for ones. It. The good ones. Mm-hmm. Take them. So, 26 through 28, the next spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. When the Israelites were also mustered and given provisions, they marched out to meet them. The Israelites camped opposite them like two small flocks of goats, while the Arameans covered the countryside. The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, this is what the Lord says, because the Arameans, Arameans Think the Lord is a God of the hills and not a God of the valleys. I will deliver this vast army into your hands, and you will know that I am the Lord. So Israel has uh, 7,232 here, and it says, but it says um, the Israelites camped opposite like two small flocks of goats. Well, they're, basically that's a term to say uh, they're a small army compared to the other uh, army. So, you know... Ahab is not, uh, this is what we just mentioned, we're talking about kings here who are not godly, but God's using them. And it's just, it's a weird thing because we think somehow that in order for God to use me, I have to meet a certain mm-hmm. standard. And with, with Ahab, I mean, he's far from a, a standard. I mean, he's been into idol worship. He's married to Jezebel, mm-hmm. you know, and she's evil. And so that whole scenario just seems odd but it's a it's an example to us of how god can use anybody in his time and we need to just we really need to be quiet about it i've said sometimes people (laughs) will say um about maybe somebody in the church who would give a message in tongues you know we believe in tongues and interpretation prophecy all those things but you know you might look at them like well they're not really a uh, great spiritual person, you know. So can I really take to heart what their interpretation mm-hmm. was? Or we might say something like if somebody gave a message in tongues and they weren't a real spiritual person, or if if there was like no interpretation, if nobody interpreted, well, that they were just, they were on their own, you know, rather than thinking God can use anybody and I'm happy that he used them. And maybe I need to get my heart more in tune where he would have used me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but we want to be critical of, of these things. But God's giving, I mean, I just wrote, he's giving, he gave him victory even though uh, he didn't deserve it. And we think yes. success is God's approval on us. Yeah. And, I mean, that is so far 
from the truth. And, and, and that's why a lot of prosperity pastors, mm-hmm. I mean, I believe God wants to bless, <laughs> but a lot of prosperity guys, it's just not the case. Yeah, God does not. I mean, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust. We have all these things, you know, and in this life you will have trouble. So success in life is not a sign of God's blessing. There are many, many billionaires who have nothing to do with God. Yes. I mean, they might say, I believe in God. Come on, Elon know. Musk. Jesus loves you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> these guys, uh, they feel like they've earned it all. And, well, God must be happy. Or they say things like um, Kelly Stevens right now is struggling. Yep. Well, they say, th- well, look what it got him. You know, he's yep. a godly man, and now he's very sick. Yep. And so, uh, you know, we, we use those. And you know what? Even that doesn't just come from... Uh, from non-Christians, yes, it comes from Christians that will say, well, must be something wrong with him or he wouldn't be sick. He must have done something wrong or he wouldn't be sick. Yep. And that is so, we should be so, so ashamed <laughs> of that kind of thinking and talking yeah. that it's based on our, what I deserve, mm-hmm. you know. Amen. Because we're not going to get what we deserve in this life for sure. So, um, But this is... Um, that that very last line, it says, I will deliver this vast army into your hands. And the reason for that, and you will know that I am the Lord. That is um, the, the bottom line for some of these things that God does. If, if he uses the godly person, then we feel like it was the godly person. If he uses someone like Ahab, then we say, man... <laughs> You know, God can do anything, even mm-hmm. with someone who's not godly, who's not a good Christian, yep. that God can do that. And it's, it says, I'm going to do this, not so you'll look good, right. but so people will know. And they'll know even more when God does it through an ungodly mm-hmm. man. They'll know even more that God was in control. Amen. Because we can look at preachers and and televangelists and people like that and put them up on that pedestal that they're so godly and that's mm-hmm. why they got a TV program and that's why their church is so large. And then we see these guys in these large churches who fail mm-hmm. and lose the church. Yeah. You know, so uh so this whole idea and the King James talks about a vast army and a mob. In other words, that mob we've talked about it before, the mob mentality, but 29 and 30, for seven days they camped opposite each other, and on the seventh day the battle was joined. The Israelites inflicted 100,000 casualties on the Arameans, on the Aramean foot soldiers in one day. The rest of them escaped to the city of Aphak, where the wall collapsed on 27,000 of them, and Ben-Hadad fled to the city and hid in the inner room. Now this is, if you remember, it's an army Israel's army of 7,232 is going against an army here because it says they killed 100,000 and the rest of them was 27. So, so 7,232 uh, whipped the army of 127,000. Mm. And, uh, and again, it's, yeah, I, I just, I've kind of a numbers. So I like to know the numbers, but if you average that out, each Israelite had to kill 14 men in order to, to wipe out that many. Yeah. And so it's not like one-on-one, hey, I mm-hmm. killed the guy I was <laughs> fighting. I mean, these are, well, it's kind of like the movies. I mean, excuse me, I love uh, Braveheart. That's one of my favorite movies. Okay. 
And I love that because it, it's it's not really biblical, but it kind of is. It gives you some idea of hand-to-hand combat and what that – well, you always see somebody, you know, Mel Gibson. I mean, he doesn't just go out there and stab one guy and say, okay, I've done my part. I mean, he's fighting, and it shows him, you know, he cuts one guy's head off or he cuts somebody's arm. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's fighting against many of them. And so here it's an average of 14 guys apiece – that they had to kill in order to, to wipe out that that army. Hmm. So I mean, it is it is God and the Battle of Carthage. Battle of Carthage. Were you at that one? No, I wasn't there for that. I'm not even. You know, I'm not. We very, went to the park the other day. Yeah, I'm Whoa. not a very good uh, historian, so I don't even know yeah. what that one was about. But, um, but anyway, uh, and then uh, it says. Um, the rest of them escaped to the city of Aphek where the wall collapsed on 27,000. I don't know what kind of wall that was that it could fall down on 27, wow. kill 27,000 men. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's another, the soldiers killed the first group. This is that second group. God kills 27,000. So, you know, you, you do your part and God takes care of the rest. Yeah. I mean, if they had... When they were standing, it says they camped opposite each other. So they had to be looking across there. And those 7,000 had to be looking at that 127,000 and thinking, they're going to kill us. I mean, this is this is crazy to be taken on. Uh, you know, I would have, again, in Braveheart, there's a couple of times where the guys <laughs> line up and then they ride off. You know, he thought he had an army and, and they chickened out, in other words. But... Um, so I don't know how God did that. I don't know if it was an earthquake or a wind or what happened to kill those 27,000 men by the wall yeah. falling down. But uh, but it was a God thing. I mean, man's not going to do that. 2031, his officials said to him, Look, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful. Let us go the king of Israel with sackcloth around our waist and ropes. Um you know, this idea of, of being merciful, people, it says people heard that he was merciful. Well, people can sometimes hear that you're a pushover, that you're mm-hmm. easy, that you're a, well, they wouldn't say you were a doormat. But I had, uh, you know, I, I always have a lot of rental stories, especially when it comes to mercy and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, grace and being a doormat. The evil landlord, Dr. Ma- R.B. Yes, Maynard, another role that he plays in life. I am. Don't, <laughs> you don't want to rent from me because I'm, I'm, mean, I'm mean. But actually, I'm the opposite of that usually. But but I, I rented to a house the a house to somebody the other day, and they said, uh, yeah, you rented to my cousin. And they said you were really easy to get along with. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> I am very easy to get along with if you're paying your rent to care in the house. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty easy, but yeah, but um, you know, being merciful sometimes is mistaken for being a sucker. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times for, uh, you know, I was in court yesterday on a eviction. Uh, I mean, there are times where I've had, and and you know, I'm not, I am not the kind of guy who you're three days on late on your rent and I'm going to court, you know, and have mm-hmm. you evicted. I'm not that guy. I am full of mercy, mostly too much. I usually let it get away from <laughs> me before I, um, so don't come and want to rent from me because I yeah. just told you I was way too merciful. <laughs> but, um, but the rope that they're talking about is, is a noose. And I know some of these things seem weird to us. 
course, in today's society, if you walked around with a noose on your neck, it would be a racial. I mean, they yep. would call that some kind of a racial statement or whatever. But in this time, that, that noose was a uh, uh, symbol of surrender, a symbol of we deserve to die. So we're, we're asking for, for mercy. It, you know, in a, uh, we're not <laughs> obviously going to do that in the church, but it would be um, the idea of somebody coming before God with a noose around their neck and symbolically saying, God, I know I deserve to die. Hmm. I know I don't deserve your mercy. I deserve to go to hell, but I'm asking you for your mercy on my, you know, throw yourself on the mercy of the court is the kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of idea. And then, of course, the, uh, the rope, and it talks about... Um, sackcloth around our waist and the sackcloth was a, I mean it was a symbol of mourning but sackcloth could be used in different scenarios to mean different things and so uh, you know in this scenario it was a symbol of captivity you know we we're coming with a noose we know we deserve to die but we're willing to you know surrender to you or to be uh, captive to you mm-hmm. and so uh, again They'd heard that he was merciful, so let's try this. So verse 32, wearing sackcloth around their waist and ropes around their heads, they went to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please let me live. The king answered, Is he still alive? He is my brother. Now this is, uh, this is mercy, but it's, it's mercy to the extreme, and we're going to find out that this is not... This is a guy begging for his life after he had come to uh, Ahab in the in the previous things we've read, previous weeks probably, but but he had come to Ben-Hadad and said, I'm going to take all your wives and children. And Ben-Hadad, or Ahab, was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, he cowed <laughs> down to him. And then Ben-Hadad was like, well, if he'll give that up so easily... Then he said, then we're going to take everything that means something to you. Hmm. So you were you gave in to the first part, and so if you'll give in to that, then you'll give in to this. I mean, this hmm. is the guy who was basically saying, I'm going to take everything you have, your wives. I mean, can you imagine? We, You know, we read <laughs> right. right over this stuff. Yeah, yes. I mean, yep. can you imagine somebody knocks on your door <clears throat> one day and says, mm-hmm. I'm here to take your wife and children from you? Yeah. I mean, we just think, you know, we read these stories sometimes like, oh, well, that's just a daily occasion and it's just not that mm-hmm. big a deal. <laughs> you know, the guys in the Bible love their wives and their yeah. children. And so, and can you imagine? So now the guy, he comes back later after he's taken your wife and your children from your house. Then he comes back later. And, and I know this is through messengers, but he says, uh, please forgive me. And then just immediately, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, I don't have that much mercy mm-hmm. and great. I don't have that kind of instant forgiveness for someone who does, especially on that large of a scale. Sure. Yep. It's different if, you know, again, a renter. I mean, I don't walk around hating them the rest of my life. I mean, I just don't, I can't live in that kind of mm-hmm. 
But for someone who took my wife and children away from me, and then they, oh, well, just, you know, forgive me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, just, I mean, he says, is he still alive? I mean, he's surprised that he, that somebody hasn't killed him, I guess. But, but then he says, he's my brother. I mean, it's more than just, well, you know, I, I guess I can, you know, do something for you here. But I mean, he'd taken his wives, his children, his silver, his gold. I mean, he had really cleaned them out. Mm-hmm. And now here he comes. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe Ahab is concerned for his life at this point. That it's like, well, if I don't make some peace here, they're liable to come back and kill me. I don't know. But th- there's a, a Jewish saying that says, anyone who has mercy when a situation calls for cruelty, which it did in this situation, Anyone who has mercy when situation calls for cruelty will end up being cruel when he should be merciful. In other words, it's saying somebody that can't discern between how you should act and when you should. It's Again, it's a little bit like raising children. My, my kids have been gone a long time, and I didn't really have to, to deal with this because, honestly, my boys, I mean, they weren't perfect, but they really didn't give us trouble. I mean, like some kids are just, you know, the rebellion, mm-hmm. the alcohol, the drugs, the pregnancies, the whatever it may be that parents are that deal with with their children. It's it's that point of sometimes it may be your own fault for being too merciful. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you should have cracked down before it got to this point. Tough love, we call yeah. it. Popular word today, enabling. 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 Yes. You enabled. You were too merciful. Mm-hmm. And so, so there is a there is some discernment and some some wisdom in how to handle situations. For me, again, rental property. Uh, how merciful? What what are the circumstances? What are the situations? And you know, I have to analyze all that and then decide mm-hmm. enough is enough. You know, and and then it's it's tough love and it's the same. Uh, situation with with kids so it's that's all that statement is talking about anyone who has mercy when he's when the situation calls for cruelty will end up being cruel when he should be merciful because he doesn't have a discerning spirit to know when things should be um you know when you've stepped over the line i suppose but it says verse 33 the men took this as a good sign and were quick to pick up on his word yes your brother ben Hadad, they said Go and get him, the king said. When Ben-Hadad came out, Ahab had him come up into his chariot. So these guys, I think this was probably like, oh, he he's calling him his brother. We better, you know, we better <laughs> go get him before he mm-hmm. changes his mind. You know, he's he's very forgiving. Let's not let this thing, let's not let this thing go. And, and Ahab... Could have could have had everything. I mean, God is using him here in the midst of the fact that he's been an idol worshiper, in the midst of the fact that that he's uh, married to Jezebel, and he cowed down to her. I mean, mm-hmm. we know he was henpecked or <laughs> whatever word you want to use, but but he cowed down to her. And in that situation, when they came to him, that really should have been. I know we have quick forgiveness and and mercy and those things but this really should have been one of those moments where he said let me think about that let me you know let me sort through this before i make him my my brother if you would or uh he didn't say 
let me pray about this. And I know we've joked about that before. Usually when somebody says, I'll pray about it, that means mm-hmm. no. Right. I mean, <laughs> uh, but, but in that case, he should have been, this is a big decision. Mm-hmm. This is two enemies, warriors. Again, it would be uh, Donald Trump and, and uh, I can't even pronounce the name, Kim, Kim, Jong-un. Oh, Kim Jong-un. Uh, whatever it would be like the two of them come together and and uh, president said oh well uh, please forgive me for all and so oh yeah I, f- I forgive you and they make a peace treaty and like everything's fine just mm-hmm. on this one word i mean those kind of things should be thought out okay if we do this how does this how does this play out or what does god it i don't even know the only thing i could think of to to kind of compare this to if another pastor in town comes to you and says hey you know maybe our church isn't doing too good or maybe our church is uh is struggling right now or or maybe our church has outgrown our building and we would like to combine with your church well you know your first impulse might be oh man that would be awesome two churches coming together mm-hmm. to pass and will co-pastor yeah <laughs> i mean and you know a person could think <laughs> oh that man that would be awesome our church is going to instantly grow yeah uh you know I, I hate to say this but you know you could get in the pulpit next week and say <laughs> oh, man you know you could stand up there and look around and and it would mm-hmm. give you a feel-good moment because the yep. sanctuary is pretty full you know we we remodeled and man we've you know, we've combined yep. churches and now our sanctuary. It just looks good yep. to me. And so, uh, you know, I th- I would think that would be, um, you know, and I won't mention, well, I will, if <laughs> Brother Perkins, if Brother Perkins came to you and yep. said, and I, you know, we both love him. So it's not a matter of, oh, I sure wouldn't want to be, you know. <laughs> He'd uh, have to be the associate pastor, though. No. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not even sure we could have yeah. him as a youth pastor or I don't know. Think, <laughs> well, we'd have to pray about it for yeah. sure. We'll pray about it. But, <laughs> but, you know, I'll ask God. I'll talk to my staff. I'll talk to my board, uh, whatever. And and as a pastor, you you do have rights to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. You don't have to run everything by me, you know, as a, as a board member. You don't have to. But that would be a big decision. Yeah. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to hey combine guys. churches. <laughs> I, I think that would be Brother Perkins comes and asks you, and you say, okay, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do it. Yeah. Well, I think you'd want to say, let's pray about that. Let's, you know, let's think this through. What's this going to look like yep. a year from now? Um, you know, there's lots of things, but but that was Ahab's problem, and it is a problem. Sometimes we think, well, what's the big deal? Well, we're going to see what the big <laughs> deal is with it. That was what he was not supposed to do. 2034, yeah. I will return. This is uh, ben Hadad, I will return the cities my father took back from your father, Ben Hadad offered. You may set up your own market areas in Damascus as my father did in Samaria. Ahab said, on the basis of a treaty, I will set you free. So he made a treaty with him and let him go. This is, I, I, I don't know if there was more conversation, but isn't it amazing that the enemy has, has come to him and asked him, and he's like, on the basis of a treaty, I will set you free. So he made a treaty with him and let him go. I mean, just on these um, mm-hmm. these words that he said 
uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what it amounts to. And, and so let me, this is reading ahead, but in 2040, or yeah, 2042, this is in reference. He said to the king, this is what the Lord says. You have set a man, you have set free a man I had determined should die. Therefore, it is your life for his life, your people for his people. So, you know, I, I normally don't jump ahead in the story, but this is uh, the result. This is that whole treaty, this whole forgiveness, this whole mercy, all of these things that are going on. He said to the king, this is what the Lord says. This is talking about a prophet said to mm-hmm. the king, you have set free a man I determined should die. Therefore, it's your life for his life, your people for his people. There's, gonna, there's a penalty to be paid here because you were way too forgiving in this situation. Now, I, you know, we don't, I mean, nobody, we don't want anybody to misunderstand right. today and say we shouldn't be <laughs> forgiving. Um, but, you know, I think a, a forgiving spirit, a really truly forgiving spirit is, is one that can easily let go. Now, I don't have to be best friends with a renter who owes me two thousand dollars. I don't have to forgive and go to them and say, Oh, I forgive you and let's be buddies and I'll give you a good (laughs) reference. You know, that's Uh not the kind of forgiveness. But I but I can let it go. I don't have there are people who probably owed me thousands of dollars that I couldn't tell you what their name is now. And so I don't you know, I'm I'm thankful that the Lord has given me yes, I'm a sucker sometimes too much. But I'm thankful that I have a forgiving spirit that some people would say, I would be, I mean, I post things on Facebook sometimes and people will be, I would be so mad. I'd want to kill them. I'd want to, yeah. you know, I'd want to slash their tires. I'd want to, and it's like kill their dog. Yeah. I mean, something, right. <laughs> you know, to get back at them. But for me, I, again, can we go overboard? Yes. There are people who deserve but you can't go overboard with forgiveness in your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that I think it, it's like kids who have been molested. You know, we need, I mean, the Bible tells us that uh, if we can't forgive someone, if we hold something against someone, mm-hmm. God holds something against us. I don't want to live in that standard because yep. I make a bunch of mistakes with God. And I, man, I need mercy and grace every day. Yep. And if I'm not willing to grant that to other people, and I understand, you know, I am not uh, unsympathetic towards people who, especially with uh, child molesting and things, that they've grown up with that in their in their memory. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the problem with with forgiveness sometimes, or people's understanding of forgiveness, is they believe that um, forgiving someone is saying it was okay what they did. Yeah, yep. And and that's where we don't we misunderstand what forgiveness mm-hmm. is. It's not saying yep. uh, it was okay. It's not saying you should be allowed to do that again. It's just saying I am not going to uh, hold that against that person because I don't know what they went through. I don't know what caused them in their mind and heart to do those kind of things. And and hatred as opposed to forgiveness, 
somebody described to me, and, and I think it's the truth, hatred is wishing the worst possible thing to come on someone. Mm. And if we have that in our heart, if I, if I want that renter, I, yeah. I've jokingly <laughs> said before, when someone stole something from me, you know, I had somebody one time steal a hot tub or a, a whirlpool tub. How dare you? And I was like, I hope they get in that tub and get electrocuted. You know, I mean, well, that's not the truth. Mm. But if but if we do have that mentality, we have missed forgiveness and we have hatred in our heart. And it calls hatred a sin. If we are wishing for bad right. things to happen to people, we are, we are sinning. And so I just want... <laughs> You know, I want my property back and all, all those things, but but we need to learn to say no at times <clears> in our life. Uh, we can uh, we have that spur of the moment where somebody asks, oh yeah, I'll do that, and then later we're like, why did I mm-hmm. why did I commit? Why did I tell them I don't have the time to do? I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the resources to do that. And I told that person I would help them. Mm-hmm. I told that person, yeah, I'll come yeah. out and look at that. <laughs> and then it's like, I yeah. don't, I can't do that. So sometimes we are too quick, and mm-hmm. we need to be able to say, I've had to tell lots of people no uh, with construction things. Number one, I'm in the middle of a big project, so I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And then physically, I have gotten, I can't build a new house anymore. You know, I mean, physically, my shoulders are bad, and I've had to, and it's really hard because I want to, every time somebody, I want to say, yeah, yeah I'll do that. <laughs> I'll come and do that. But I, I just can't do it. And so, so this is, uh, this is, is a forgiveness issue here. It says uh, in that verse, I had determined should die. In other words, the Lord had determined that that man deserved death mm-hmm. for what he had done. And you are, and, and again, we won't get into it today, but we could get into that philosophical question. So, Okay, it was God's will, but mm-hmm. I changed it. You yeah, know? and that's what it sounds like in that verse. Well, we're not going to go there. We'll leave yeah. that for uh, for another time, but we'll wrap it up there today. Speaking of getting older, it is Doctor R. B. Maynard's birthday today, yes, right? Yes, it is. Oh, sorry, I meant to put a party noise here. Let me let me redo that. <laughs> wow, that happy was, <laughs> man! That was. <laughs> that's all we got for you. Well, let's give a few more of those just I to make you feel better. Is that- is that one of your kids blowing his nose? Yeah. Or, yeah. Happy birthday to Dr. R.B. Maynard. Well, he is, you. we had Carmen, the great Carmen here this year. Mm-hmm. Were you one year younger or the same age? I can't well, remember. I, I'm 64 today. So. I think I think you're both 64 or something like that. Yeah, well, man, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in good company. All right. So leave a comment, a reaction. Share the Grace Point Daily Podcast with someone verse by verse. And make sure to, if you're on the social today, uh, wish Dr. R.B. Maynard happy, happy birthday, uh, send him presents, gifts, etc. Yes. But what does a man do who has everything? I don't know. Stella, yeah. what are you getting him? He has everything already. I asked for toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, right. a, that's a rare find right yeah. now. So, yeah. Hey, bless you guys. It's the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.